With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lefko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lefko and Chris Sims. <laughs> we are finally back. We are so bad at doing this on a regular scheduled time. So bad. Well, I think it was I think it was producer Josh's fault last time. Yeah, I mean, we could go off a number of reasons why we can't get this all figured out. I'm not even in the mood to do it today because I can't find my backpack in the office. Shocker. That's a shocker. You can't find something. Everyday occurrence. What are you talking about? I mean, on a normal day, your bag, your jacket, and your computer can be on three opposite sides of the building, and you'll have no idea where any of them are. I hope you never find your bag. (laughs) I hope it's gone forever. I hope some homeless man when stole have it. I, when, I have, when have I ever lost something? <laughs> have I told the homeless man cell phone story on this podcast? I don't think so. I don't so. think you have, but I, I'd like to hear it again. All right. so Because uh, I have a story about you I'd like to – I mean, this is Adam Lefko hour. It's the Adam Lefko story time hour. Uh, last summer, we had a uh, party for Bleacher Report at a bowling alley in uh, Times Square. Uh, you performed well, I think. I did. Clutch performer. My team won the whole thing. Right. Um, I was a valuable member. I'm, I'm more of a coach when it comes to bowling. But I would say <laughs> three or four hours in, it was an open bar. I was feeling great. I went outside to check on somebody else. And uh, someone started laying down a beat. It was like, and I was like, oh, oh, and I started to freestyle. Just looking for a sucker. Just looking for a sucker right now. I'm the man. Yeah. And I just, I started freestyling. I started feeling it. And this guy came out of nowhere and started singing harmonies. And he was like, ooh, baby, ooh, baby. And I was like, this guy is great. He was a lot better than that. He's like, ooh, this guy's great. And he had this huge painting with him and, uh, after we, we started doing this, and he was like, oh, you guys are going in? I went, yeah, we're going in. Do you want to come up and, and get a drink? And he looked. He had a leather jacket on. He had a painting, whatever. He dropped his painting off the front. We went up top. Uh, I, I got him a drink from the open bar. I'm getting ready to bowl. And he goes, dude, do you mind if I make a phone call really quick? And in my head, I went. <laughs> <laughs> in my, in... Thank you. Thank you. So what did you do in your head? I like to grind it in a little. <laughs> Tell me what, what was you thinking in your what head. What I legitimately thought in my head was, there's no way, if he were to try and run away with my cell phone, he was kind of a bigger guy. I was like, I can catch him. And I was like, where is he going to go? I went, all right. I gave him the phone. And I looked, and he looked like he was making a phone call. And I went, and I bowled a frame. And I looked back, and he was gone. And I knew immediately, and I ran to the bathroom, like, duh, 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 and I ran downstairs, blah, blah, blah. But well, why did you run to the bathroom? You thought he was going to be hiding in a stall? I didn't know what he was doing. So I ran downstairs. Have you I, seen a movie? You cut off all exits. Yeah, well, I ran downstairs, and I went to the guy at the front. I said, did that kid leave? He goes, which kid I get? The kid that brought in the painting. He goes, well, the painting's still here. Three hours later, I've concluded that he is no longer in the building. Yeah, we concluded. And the worst part about Losing it in Times Square is like when you walk out and you're like hoping, well, maybe he'll be standing close by, and there's just thousands of tourists. Yeah, you can't even make an eye like, oh, there he is four blocks away. But you there's also that. that feeling of like the Swedish old married couple that has their backpack on the front of their body to protect themselves. I'm dumber than them. They still have their cell phone. Yes. And um, I stole his painting. Left it in the cab this week. Yeah, I did. But I got it back. Good. That's one trustworthy cab. I can't believe it. He the got, phone or the painting? Uh, no, you I, left a painting in a cab? No, I still have the painting. Uh, I, lo- I left my phone in a cab. Oh, so this is the phone is a recurring thing for you. 
Do you want me to go into my story yet? Because it's Lefko Flirty story. Ah, no, 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 no. Save, save it for another time. Save it for another time. We'll get, we'll get UK saving it. Yeah, okay. All right. I appreciate it. Jeez. All you guys tell me to do is save it for the podcast. I save one damn freaking story <laughs> for the fucking podcast, and I can't tell it. Jeez. Um, we did promise everybody, though, that we were going to go through and do a mock draft spectacular. And I'm definitely going to want music for this, a thousand percent. We are not doing any guests today. I wanted to look at the more popular podcast, excuse me, mock drafts that are out there and kind of break it down and see what you were thinking. Today, I kind of want to focus on the top ten. Okay. But what I've done is I've compiled three mock drafts. Uh, Mel Kuypers, who actually came out on the taping of this, which is, what, April 9th. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah... Uh, of NFL Network, who has not done a podcast, who has not done a, I can't, I'm, I don't know what I'm saying that, mock draft since March 18th. Yeah, so right. He, it's a little he's bit do, long. He's due for a new one. He is. And our own Matt Miller, whose most recent one came out March 24th, so about two, three weeks ago. I think, let's start, we're going to go through the yeah. mock drafts. Tampa Bay, they all have Jameis Winston one. Right. Don't even really need to talk about it. Nope. Um, but, um, you know what, I do want to say one thing. Um there is a new documentary that came out about rape and sexual assaults on college campuses. Oh, right. And in it, the, the supposed victim of Jameis Winston is in it. Right. And um, I'm just going to say this right now. It's one of the hardest things for me to deal with as someone that works in sports is to think about someone who possibly could have, and the in- investigation itself I think is very cloudy. Um, I, I, obviously, none of us were there. But it's very hard for me as someone to just base it solely off the film when there's something really, really awful being alleged against somebody. Right. Um, it's not even a rooting thing. It's not even a do you want to invest uh, trust into someone like that. I have a hard time not going, he should not be allowed to play. I just do. I have okay. a really hard time with that. Um, I just think of women and, and I think of um, especially down in a, in a place like that where it's so hard for them to speak up. I, I'm, I'm twisted because uh, I respect him as a football player. Mm-hmm. I respect him as a leader. But I, I need to sit down with that guy and look him in the eyes and go, tell me the fucking truth. Right. Tell me the fucking truth. Because okay. Well, this is where I'd play devil's advocate please. with you. For the, the first thing I'll say is, I mean. The, the, I'm the, sweating because I'm nervous and I'm upset. No, like, it, legitimately. Yeah, it's underst- I understand that. Listen, if, if it, this ends up happening again, anything even along those lines, then he is a loser of a human. But you're telling me that one time is, is like two times is too much. But well, one time? Because that'll show me. Well, one time we don't know. He's been proven not guilty. Okay. There was no charges. So how many times are we going to try this kid? He, got you tried, gotta, he gets, he's gotten tried more than anybody in you the gotta history. Watch, of, you got to watch the documentary. I understand. I know. I know. But I've also been around so many instances where girls have thrown accusations like that at players and people I know that I played with in the NFL. Sure. And I was around the circumstance and saw things happen. Sure. And I then saw what the girl was accusing the guy of and want to say – uh, no, that's the exact. You were jumping him, and you were like making him try to kiss right. you and do things. Right. But now you're saying he forced himself on you. Sure. So I have that in my head. I understand. Um, so I am a little forgiving of people. I and I, and I will say to your point that we did trust this in the hands of law enforcement, and to just completely look at them and go, you know what? I don't trust them. That's their jobs. I mean, that's the the civilization. At some point, right? In. This is not like OJ, and we had a glove that we all knew fit, and he made his hand not fit. Like, okay, yeah. this is the this is a he said she said kind yeah. of thing. He yes, the he he came out scot free the first time through the legal system, then got tried by the Florida State jury system as well. Uh, they made him go through a whole thing. Yeah. So for right now, all I can do it is take it as word, and I can also take the people that I know that have met him at this point, and they do like him. And I think the thing for me with sims with you um is you are going to evaluate guys based off tape right we are not interviewing these kids we are going solely based off of their physical capabilities i just wanted to say that because it's been on my conscience lately and sure. i felt the need to talk about sure it. two matt miller and mel kuyper jr both have marcus mariota right. i read mel kuyper stuff and he said i don't know who eventually ends up with him he goes, I'm just hearing a lot of stuff that Mariota's going there. In Daniel Jeremiah's, which is the least recent, he has Leonard Williams going to. Right. What do you think of 
Mariota just being the second overall player in this draft class. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's worthy of the second overall player in this draft class. I don't think Mariota is a top 10 talent. Uh, I think he has all the tools to be a franchise quarterback. What is he in terms of talent? Yeah, to, I mean, to me right now, I would say I would judge him somewhere in the 10 to 25 range, really. That's where he would be in my, if wow. I had to rank the players. Uh, I don't know exactly, but that that's the range I would look at him. Uh Top 10 talent, especially a quarterback, you're starting year one. I don't think Marcus Mariota is starting year one. Now, I know there's premiums and desperations at the quarterback position. Yeah. I understand that. Uh, and I think there could be a team that trades up. If is, I'm Tennessee at two, I'm taking Leonard Williams. I'll just say that. That's right off your the guy. No doubt about it. He's the best player in the draft. Say your whole J.J. Watt thing. Yeah, he can play anything on the defensive line. He is a lot like J.J. Watt. He can play freaking shade nose, three technique, five technique, defense end. J.J. Watt was not a great pass rusher coming out of college. Uh, this kid just has no weakness to his game. That's my thing as, as comparable and to J.J. Watt. to be over 300 pounds and to run a sub-540. Right. It's now, insane. Now, I don't, the other thing I'll say, too, about that pick, too, Tennessee, uh, Ken Wisenhunt, he's not going to run a Marcus Mariota offense. I just don't see it happening. So you think if even they if it's pick, not traded, if they take Mariota. It's going to be traded. I think it'll be it's going if they pick him they know they're picking him to trade him. They either have Chicago who's going to swap them Jay Cutler and whatever else or it's going to be San Diego with with Philip Rivers. Rivers. Right. All right. The interesting thing with Mariota to me is if no trade happens there at number 2. Where does he where go? Where does he go? And if he gets because to Cleveland let's at, at 12. Because look at it. Jacksonville, Blake Bortles, Oakland, um yes, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. What about Washington, though? I don't. I don't. I almost, and I heard the rumor today. And Josh, you tell me. I heard they finagled a workout time, and they couldn't agree on a, t- a time to yeah, work that was, out. That was Albert Breer this morning. That was said the report, that right? Mariota and the Redskins could not figure out a time. So that's to have code Mariota word for Mariota and his camp want nothing to do with the Redskins and the RG three talk. That's what that means. That's how to you me. read that. That's how I read that. Oh, that would be awful. And I think people are still looking at Washington and thinking it's this run and shoot offense that. Kyle Shanahan had right. there, and it's no, that's not the same offensive coordinator, and no. they're not running that. No, uh, six Jets. I mean, it could be a possibility. I, I don't think it'll happen. Uh, I, I really don't, but I'm not going to completely take it off the board at this point. If Chicago drafted him, because that is what that's what Daniel Jeremiah had in his. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I wouldn't do it again. I would not do it. Uh, there were the offense and Adam Gase, who's coming from Denver, drop-back, yeah. passing, offensive coordinator. And Jay Cutler, listen, as bad as everybody wants to talk, what are Jay Cutler's stats from last year? Like 29 touchdowns and 17 interceptions? We talk about the guy like he threw four touchdowns and 45 interceptions. Uh, Jay uh, Cutler's line from last year, 28 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, 66% completion percentage. We, we talk about the guy like yards. he's the worst quarterback in football, and it's it drives me crazy. It goes back to what I see as – Beyond someone that's not capable, the thing that frustrates fans of sports the most is unreached potential. Yeah, okay. And and when you see the tools and you go, oh, the issues in his brain, well, we go, well, I got a big brain. <laughs> and it's like, well, I could have made that decision. Right. It's a lot easier to critique. Yes. But then when you look, I mean, it's Atlanta, Mount Ryan, Giants, Eli Manning, St. Louis, maybe. 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 No just because I don't know how much they trust in Nick Foles. Minnesota, Minnesota no. no. Cleveland. And the next pick, and then New, New Orleans. Orleans. Both, I I think he would be. Where would you want him to go if you could put Marcus Mariota on any team? New Orleans, really? If I'm if I'm Marcus Mariota and I have an actual vested interest in that kid, yeah, that's where I want him to go. He's going to get caught by one taught by one of the best coordinators in football, head coaches, Sean Payton. Sure. Uh, so he'll have that. He's going to get really in-depth coaching on offenses, defenses. He's going to get to sit a year behind Drew Brees, maybe two years, yeah. and then become hopefully the franchise quarterback. That would be the ideal situation for me. That would be pretty cool. I think Philly would be interesting at 20. Of course. I, I don't want to talk about it. We've talked about it. I mean, that's like the oldest storyline. Yeah. If that does happen, it'll be very I don't think he'll last till 20, that's Neither for sure. Do I. Right. All right. So then, But I think the, the, the true decision is going to be Jacksonville at three. Yes. Um, because I think what we're going to learn here is figuring out what is the system yeah. that they're really running. Because everyone seems to say, well, this guy fits and this guy doesn't fit. And when you look at their picks – Miller, Kuyper, Jeremiah all have someone different. Right. Miller has Beasley. Kuyper has Leonard Williams, which, of course, if he's there. Yeah. And Jeremiah has Dante Fowler. But right. it becomes that Beasley-Fowler. Yes. For everyone out there that they hear these names, 
You believe that Beasley's the better pass rusher. Yes. You believe that Fowler's the better overall player. No doubt about it. So yes. you think Fowler's a better player, but Beasley would be a better fit there. I think he's a better fit to that scheme. They want a guy that's going to get in the track stands, wide nine technique. When I say that, I mean he's going to get wide outside the tackle, and they want a guy that's just going to fly after the quarterback like a Cliff Averill. Sims, I'm hearing the word Leo thrown out a lot about Vic Beasley. It's a good do question. Wanna, do you want to explain that to people? Leo, that can mean a lot of a different, different things. things. Right, so yeah. we... Uh, I think we have to get that out of that conversation. It's too technical. I mean, it depends on the team you well, are. Well, what does Leo what, stand for? I think he's meaning as far as a weak side Leo linebacker. I have never heard really that terminology. Well, that's what Gus Bradley, they always say with that, that Seattle defense, that Leo. Leo linebacker. So is that their K.J. Wright? Is that who they're I talking I think they about? kind of talk about it. It's like a roaming pass rusher. Okay, so that's Bruce Irvin. Is that what they're kind of saying? I don't Bruce really Irving, know. Cliff Averill. I don't know. Yeah, I, I really don't know what that means. I, I'd like to hear it and we'll call your friend Gus me. Bradley and we'll figure it out. But a four three. So it, so to me, first of all, they're a four three team. Typical four three. I mean four four down linemen, three linebackers. Sometimes they put a linebacker over the tight end in the end of the line of scrimmage, right. but not for blitzing purposes. If you watch the Seattle Seahawks, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they don't blitz a lot. They, mm. they barely ever. They rely on the front four. Let me ask you this because. Jacksonville at three is the first time where we're deciding based on scheme. Yeah. The first two, it's Jameis and it's Leonard Williams. And those are the two best players in the draft. Right. Who's the third best player in the draft? Ooh, it would, mm. For me, it's going to be between Fowler and Jameis Winston. Uh, oh, well, who was the top two? Uh, oh, excuse me. I meant, yeah, you're right. It's Fowler is the third player in the draft. Excuse so you, me. So yes. in your mind... Jameis and Leonard Williams, based on whether you have a need at Leonard Williams is the best player. Leonard Williams just, is yes. one. Jameis is two. Right. Fowler is three. Right. When does it start getting dicey for you? Who's the fourth best player? Oof. I would say at four it would get dicey for me. Uh, it really would. Then it's going to become about need. You know. Then I, I think if I get into that fourth best player conversation, man, I look at I look at Amari Cooper. Okay. Uh, I do look at at Kevin White. Um. And then I look at, you know, Vic Beasley in that conversation as so well. So it's two wide receivers and then the other pass rusher. Right. And then is there a drop-off? Uh, no, not a huge drop-off. I think after that is when I can get into the conversation of, you know, uh, Shane Ray. There's a drop-off. Yeah, there is a little Because I know you. Yeah. So you're saying that there's, there's six players in this draft that you think are game changers. And then after that, it's scheme-based. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just, as I'm looking at it too, like Marcus Peters is a game-changer to me. So he's up there for you. He is up there, no doubt about it, yes. So Marcus Peters is one of the – so you have seven guys. Is there anybody else? I might put Eric Armstead in the next in that group as well. I might put him right there at and no know, one's seven talking or eight. About that. Yeah, you, you, you need to because six, seven, 300 beasts translates to beast in the NFL. Okay. You know, I think he's a guy that could sneak into the top 10. And then, like, the other guys, like, I know that you think very highly of Bud Dupree, but there's still holes in his game. Holes in the there's game. There's not a lot of holes in those other guys' games. No, there's no holes. There, I mean, there's holes, but not, not as much. Vic Beasley is probably the start of the holes. A, a lot of bit. people say Brandon Scherf is up there. Is he up there for you? Uh, no, I'm never a fan of taking a guard in the top 10. Scherf, I like him a lot. Uh, I don't think he's as good as Zach Martin. I think people are getting a little carried away with that. Because, okay. first of all, Zach Martin could start at left tackle. I don't think Scherf could do that in the NFL. Do you think it's guaranteed that Oakland takes a wide receiver? Like, what would it take for them not to take one? I think, like Leonard, Leonard, Williams? I think Leonard Williams will make them think. So that's the only one. Even yeah. Dante Fowler? I don't think so, because they got that in Cleo Mack. But I, I've always said this. You're telling me that I have the option to have two Khalil Macks? Yeah, but they might not want to go to those certain types and of players. And they loaded they up could in make linebacker. It work. Yes, they could certainly make it work. But. And you you have been out there and said Amari Cooper's the guy. Would you be upset if they took Kevin White, or you would understand No, it? no, I could understand it, certainly. I just think Amari Cooper for the Raiders at four, for a team that needs a player right now, uh, I would go with him. It's funny because we Or did. Doriel Greenbeckham. Because he's another guy that really that has no be, hole in his game. That would be ridiculous. Are you suggesting so. the possibility of Doriel Green Beckham going well, with the number I, four pick? He's talented enough to worthy. Doriel so Green he, Beckham is certainly one of the three best receivers in this draft. That would come out of nowhere. That uh, would be insane. But I that doubt would, would this he would past, just be like Oakland. Ugh. With this past year, with all the offseason stuff that happened in uh, the NFL, I think they're going to put extra value in teams. It's another guy scared. that I'm very questionable about in terms of supporting. Sure. Um, yeah, but in terms of Oakland, it's funny because we talk about Amari Cooper as if he's just he's super solid, and but he's not an exceptional. Yeah, nobody gives him superstars talent now. Because, tell, tell them what you've heard 
heard from teams in terms of liking his body. Yeah, they love his body. I mean, Amari Cooper. Right, Amari Cooper. He's 6'1". He's a little over 2'10". It sounds like he's around 2'14", 2'15". They feel like he's got a really solid, almost running back type build. Which the, uh, NFL That's the coaches, in vogue thing right well, now. Well, they, they love just to know that the guy is powerful. Yes. Uh, he's got a body that, for the most part, Stands the test of time in the NFL. He'll, it'll be a eight, ten year player. Right now, you're hearing the opposite about Devontae Parker. Yeah, Devontae Parker. I do think there's a number of teams that are scared. I think a lot of teams that I've talked to. Uh, now, there's one in general. I'm not going to say their name. I think they put Devontae Parker in the top three receivers. Okay. Uh, the majority of the teams I have talked to, they all it's it's the Kevin White, Amari Cooper, D, Doriel Green, Beckham as the top three receivers, and then. Uh, yes, then they feel like there's a drop-off, and that's where you get into the Jalen Strong, Devontae Parker. But the frailness, I think, of Devontae Parker scares people, and he would scare me. That would be the number one negative for me. What I notice about looking at mocks is that there are three teams in the top ten that I think we know are trying to get one of the elite pass rusher edge guys. Jacksonville at three, yes. Washington at five, Atlanta at eight. Right. Those are the three teams that are hoping they're choosing between a Fowler. God, I mean, if a Leonard Williams falls to them, they're 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 going nuts. Yes. Or a Beasley, or maybe a Ray. Like we know that. Right. Um, the Jets. Oh, I guess Washington. That's what I mean. Like Washington for them is the perfect fit. Fowler, if he's available. Yeah, Fowler would certainly work uh, because Fowler Fowler is rare in the fact that he could be your three four outside linebacker, Fowler, but he has enough power to be a DN. If Fowler and Williams are gone, where would they go? Where would you go if you're Washington? If Fowler and Williams Miller are gone, has Miller has Williams, Kuiper has Fowler, and Jeremiah has Randy Gregory. Yeah, but that was also before the admitted failed drug test. Yeah, I mean, and Randy Gregory was never a top ten pick in my opinion. That's where I think people are really wrong. Randy Gregory is one of the scariest prospects in the draft to me. Uh, because because he'd be scared, as you've heard me say, Deion Jordan and Barcavis Mingo. I don't think he's ever going to be a strong enough man to be a defensive end in the NFL. The big question with Washington right now is there's a lot of – we don't know what they're going to do on defense. Is Joe Barry going to run 4-3, Tampa 2, Monty Kiffin style, like Mm. when he was down there with me in Tampa? If he is, who's the pick if Fowler and Williams aren't there? Vic Beasley. Uh, and what if they're running a 3-4? If they're running a 3-4... So we're going to learn their defensive system on draft nights, what you're I think me. so. I think you're going to have a good clue of what he's going to plan to do. Because he's been in San Diego with Chuck Pagano's brother. Uh, I can't remember. John Pagano, I mm. think, is the D coordinator yes. out there. They run that 3-4 hybrid type defense. So what happens is coaches, even though they've been married to one philosophy their whole life, he's gotten a part of another coaching tree now. And he's going to start to steal some of those ideas from that. So what is he going to be? I don't know. Uh but, yes, a 3-4 defense, totally. I mean, yeah, if Leonard Williams fell to them, they're right. going to take Leonard Williams. But if he's not there, answer the question. Yeah, I said – I th- oh, and they're playing a 3-4? Yeah. Uh, I think still would go Vic Beasley. Oh, so you're going Beasley no I'm matter what. I'm going Beasley. Beasley can play outside linebacker or DN. That's why I think he's a, one of the gems. Um, New York Jets, uh, Miller has Fowler. Jeremiah has Shane Ray. Uh, Kuiper has Brandon Scherf. Yeah, that does not make sense to me. The Kuiper pick, Brandon Scherf. The Jets have one of the best offensive lines in football, uh, and they have really – I mean, they're they're solid all the way down. So I just don't see Where them going. Where did he come up with that? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it makes me think – they signed Carpenter in free agency. And they have Willie Colon back. And right. they've been one of the best rushing teams in football the last five years in a I row. I mean, do you use so, the sixth pick on a, on a guard for depth and possibly when Willie Colon's that gone? That would make no sense to me, and I would never do that. Uh, Why? Because their defense is already good, though. I, I I don't know. I just think you could get better value at six, or if you want, then trade down and maybe get a get get more picks, and you can get a guard later on in the draft. What's your honest take on Shane Ray? Uh, Shane Ray scares me. I think, but he's not got, as scary as Randy Gregory. No, because I think he has better pure pass rush skills than Randy Gregory. But like you've heard me say, uh, Shane Ray scares me from the standpoint he can't play outside linebacker. It's not possible. You see him drop back sometimes in zone coverages. He's very unathletic as far as lateral movements in space. That's not him. He's kind of a straight-line athlete with some twitch to him. He's got to play defense end. Uh, and I just, I'm just i going to say this, and you've heard me say this twice today, so sometimes I feel like a broken record. But 
show me somebody with a body like Shane Ray who's been a successful pass rusher in the NFL the past what 10 years. What are the years. measurables of him? Well, he's what, 6'3", 245. He didn't have a great 40, but the body makeup itself is soft. The it's way not it like looks. he's jacked and ripped like the other edge guys. Uh, that would scare me big time. And I know it scares a lot of other people too. You know, that's a defense – that's a position – Usually the freaks of nature show up. That's all there is to it. It's just right. it, it's 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 strength, it's power, it's explosiveness, it, it's length. That's all it's about. Six three two forty five bench press, twenty one reps at the combine, and he ran the forty four six four at his pro four six four at his pro day. So his that's scary day. too because that's four seven four at the combine at least. So I think every mock draft I see, I mean, depending on where Mariota goes, one through six is kind of similar. And then Chicago is the one where they have so many holes that I don't know where they're going to go. Their biggest need is probably defensive tackle and nose tackle, right? Yeah. You're going to run that nose tackle, and Ego Ferguson and Will Sutton are probably more five techniques. But is it too early to take Danny Shelton or one of the other defensive tackles or an Eddie Goldman or a Malcolm Brown? I think it is probably a little too early. Yes, I really do. So then you go, okay, maybe it's too early. Let's focus on the defense because the defense has been abysmal. Abysmal. Marcus Peters is there. Who you believe, I mean, could you take Trey Waynes and Marcus Peters, or is Marcus Peters the only one that you think is worthy of it? I know you're very high on Marcus Peters. and the Yeah, Marcus the f- Peters is the only one worthy of that seventh pick. Oh, dropping microphones. Dropping. Marcus Peters does not drop interceptions. Um, what are what are some things that you've heard about Marcus Peters off the field stuff around the NFL? Yeah, conflicting. That's the problem with Marcus Peters because Randy Gregory, I hear – Concerns. Forget the marijuana at the combine. That was the final nail in the coffin. There was major concerns either way about Randy Gregory. Uh, Doriel Green Breckham, uh, I hear split stories. It's like the teams that love him, oh, it's not that bad, the off-seal stuff. The other teams are kind of like, oh, it's pretty bad. We're not going to touch him. Uh, same thing. That that would go with the same thing for Marcus Peters. Uh, I've heard some teams who are, yeah, it's not that bad. They let him come back at his con- the, you know, to work out at their pro day at Washington. Um, you know, the, it's minor stuff. Is he perfect off the field? No, but we don't have a problem with it. But I've also talked to two or three teams that have said there's more problems than just what happened this year, and they're not going to touch him. So it's interesting. Uh, it's a very Randy Gregory, Doriel Green Beckham, Marcus Peters are going to throw – that's why this draft, I think, is about as unpredictable as ever because they are three wrenches in this draft. They can go anywhere from pick four to, to pick 32. Unbelievable. All right, so those are their two biggest needs, and one is probably not the right time to take it. The other one off the field issues if they don't feel comfortable. Right. Every single one – well, Miller hasn't taken Amari Cooper. Kuiper hasn't taken Kevin White. Right. Jeremiah hasn't taken Mariota. Yeah. What do you think of wide receiver for the Bears? I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad if they did it. I don't think they're desperate for wide receivers. See, I'm a little bit more on pick like pick something that's going to help like your weakest spot on your roster type of guy. That's what I that's what I look at. And even though yes, they need a true nose tackle because Vic Fangio's there as a three four defensive coordinator, they still got a lot of big people on their roster, and they've done a good job in free agency. So I'm not like oh they're so desperate for that they wouldn't yeah. be able to stop the run. No, they're going to still be able to stop the run, even though they do need that. And they might be able to get someone in the second round that can do it. I am in Chicago, and you feel comfortable with Marcus Peters. That's where I'm going. you got to play Megatron and Golden Tate twice a year. Yeah. you got to play Jordan Nelson Packers. and Randall Cobb twice yeah. a year. And now you got some freaks up in Minnesota as well with Cordell Patterson, Mike Wallace, sure. and a young quarterback who's showing promise. And and you know what? If if Kyle Fuller and, and Marcus Peters are your cornerbacks, they, they can grow up together. That'd be pretty good. That would be. Eight Atlanta. I mean, dude, we've been talking about them getting a pass rusher forever. Yeah, I, I, and I think that's where they're going to go. I mean, you're going to see it's, it's whoever's left over of Beasley and Ray. And what's interesting to me, if Beasley and Ray are off the board, yeah, then it's going to get interesting. Do they go Randy Gregory? Do they Miller go has Bud Gregory. Dupree? Yeah, Miller has Gregory. Kuiper and Jeremiah have Beasley. So in yours, though, Beasley would not be available, and you're not touching Gregory. Let's I talk. don't think Gregory would fit that system either. And you want to talk Randy Gregory? No, I, I want to talk. Um, why are you so much higher on Bud Dupree than everybody else? Uh, because I think Bud Dupree is one of those guys that I don't. I don't. First of all, I think he's going to get in the NFL environment. He's going to get life will get simpler and more concise as far give as me what the, he's asked to do. Give me the Chris Sims 
combine breakdown strengths and weaknesses of, of Bud Dupree. Yeah, well, there's no physical weaknesses of the guy. That's the first thing. I don't think he'll ever be physically mismatched. At one point, even from day one of his rookie year, I don't care if he's going against the best tackles in football. Physically, he, there's not going to be issues. The issues with him are for his measurables, his size, the athletic freak nature. I mean, 6'4", 270, ran, what, 4'5". I mean, he jumped out the gym. He, he won all, every thing in the combine. He was unbelievable. He was unreal. Uh, he doesn't dominate like those numbers would say. 6'4", 269, 4'5", 6'40", 42-inch vertical, 138-inch wow. broad jump. Yes. So how much more dominating was, let's say, a Beasley or a Fowler compared to Dupree? Yeah, uh, well, like, be, well be, what's the difference? Well, Dupree just has moments of disappearing. So you can watch Dupree and turn on a film and say the first two or three series and just go, oh, wow, man, this this guy's going in the top ten. There's no doubt about it. And then you go through the second quarter, and you go, damn, didn't make one play that quarter. Okay, mm-hmm. okay. Third quarter, oh, you know, he made a tackle here and there. But, hey, where, where's the guy I saw in the first quarter that was throwing the left tackle and just beating everybody around the edge and all over the field? And then all of a sudden, the fourth quarter, you turn it on again, and here it is, Louisville, goal line stand. He's going to make three tackles in a row on the one-yard line because all of a sudden he decided, you know, oh, this is a big play in the game. I'm going to just come in here and start whooping everybody's ass again. Uh, so that, that to me, where I've talked to you, is where the meeting in person becomes really important because right. is it in that guy to take over a game? All right, let's what practice. are the reasons? I want you to become a GM one day, yeah. so let's practice this. What would you ask him? Uh, well, I think first is just you just got to get a feel for the overall demeanor. It's not about necessarily the magic question. Oh, there it is. He's going like, oh, yeah, to take over game. Yeah. You just want to get a feel. Is this guy intense? Does he want to be a star? Does he want to be great at this game? Is he invested in it all the time? Is he going to wake up on April 15th and think, man, what am I going to do working out today? What am I going to do to get better? Those are the great ones. That's what you need to figure out. Is he that type of guy? His talent is there. And as you know, in Kentucky, he got more. Moved around a lot position-wise. He had, what, three different defensive coordinators? A bunch. So I put that on him. And like I always tell you, you get to the NFL sometimes, and all of a sudden you're held accountable. You're in the meeting room all day long, so you're really getting coached. You know what you're supposed to do with everything. There's no gray area with anything. And you got other alpha males in the room holding you accountable for when you're BSing on some blade, not hustling, or you're getting blocked by some running back who's 220 pounds and you're the freakiest guy in the team. The guys in that room are going to rag on you if that happens. Do you remember Jamal Anderson? Plus you realize you're getting money all of a sudden. You're like, oh, man, if I get another five sacks, I'll get $10 more million and I'm a free agent next year? Oh, okay, I'll go do that then. But uh, the, the defensive end that Atlanta drafted years ago, Jamal. Anderson, the kid from Arkansas? Yeah. Right. What was – because I always thought he was the big physical freak too. Yeah, he was kind of a tweener. He was like a little too, uh, you know, lacked power and explosiveness. And you don't see that in Dupree. No, Dupree has – man, Dupree has got it. So it's just – I got to see it consistent. Their number one is Beasley – and then it's the if you could choose between Ray or Dupree for the Falcons. I know this is where I really you like struggle. Dupree a lot. I do like Dupree. He has a high ceiling, but he also has a lower floor. He does. Uh, I really like Dupree, and I you know they both have holes. They really do. I know it might sound crazy. I, I think I'd go Bud Dupree. Number nine, New York Giants. At least Bud Dupree. I'm not worried about him holding up in the run game against. Right. You know, whoever the big left. You like is. big physical people because it's a big physical person game. I've been I, on both sides. I've been on the team with the big physical team, and I've been on this small fast team with Tampa, and I felt more comfortable on the big physical team. What's really funny is the New England Patriots. All Bill Belichick does is get really big people. Yes, and he is seen as the smartest coach in the world, and he has more success than anyone else. But let's go the opposite way. And go with the really small, fast guys. Well, I, I know. Am it, I weird to just look at that and go, that kind of seems simple to me? Well, it fits his scheme. That's for one. Bill always had an interesting comment where he would say, you know, fast guys, they can get slower as the season goes on. Big guys usually don't get smaller as the season goes on. And I always thought, hmm, that's a very good point. So there's more consistency in your evaluation that way. Yeah, I mean, look at the Patriots' Colts the last few years. Right. You got a, Blunt. Right. You got a fast guy, and – uh, okay, he's got a fast guy. His game is predicated on speed. He's a middle linebacker. He's 6'2", 225 pounds. Whoa, that's way too small, but he's so fast. 
oh, now he's got a little dinged up knee. Now he's not fast or big. We're screwed both ways. Where, <laughs> oh, I got my 270-pound Dante Hightower playing middle linebacker. He's got a banged up knee. He was never all that fast anyways, but, man, he's still big and can hit you. And, yeah, good luck getting around him. Exactly. Nine New York Did Giants. Did you want to say something? No, no. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to ask me a question. Uh, I got excited. No, Mil- no, I was just, I thought that was the great Belichick story. It was a good, as, I as liked always. it a lot. Miller and Jeremiah have Brandon Scherf to the Giants. Yeah. Kuiper has Shane Ray. Um, are they definitely offensive line or pass rusher? Is that what you see for them? I do. I do get that feeling. Uh, but you're, you're kind of thinking. Like, I don't understand the Brandon Scherf. Again, there. you're not. Are you down on Scherf? I'm or? not down on Scherf. I'm down on guards. I'm down on offensive linemen in the top ten in general. I feel like it's kind of a cop out pick for the most part, unless you're so desperate for a left tackle and you got a or franchise quarterback, a franchise left tackle who's getting I killed, right? And if I'm the New York Giants with their situation and I evaluate their roster right now, uh, I'm severely concerned about Justin Pugh at right tackle because he had a horrible year. He's not a tackle. It's official in my mind. I think he's a guard. It's, it's all plain and simple. Scherf can't play tackle in the NFL. He lacks the lateral foot speed to go against uh, some of the top-tier pass rushers in football. And uh, I think if I'm them, I go Andrus Pete at nine from Stanford, and then I move Beatty to right tackle, and I move Pew to guard, and now you got the best offensive line possible. You like Pete and Flowers. Yes. I like men at left tackle. I don't want any questions. I don't want any physical – if you have physical questions right off the bat, then you're not a top 10 pick or you're not the top 10 tackle or top tackle. And you look at Brandon Scherf and go, you do not have the foot speed or the lateral movement to play that position. Yeah, no way. That, I mean, he has to play Cliff Averill next year, and he's the left tackle for the New York Giants. What Cliff Averill's going to run What about someone that, that could say to you, listen, what we saw Zach Martin do last year in terms of showing that guards can be important and in a pulling offense and really having an impact, why aren't guards important? They, they are important. I, I don't say they're not important. I'm just not always a fan of the value in the top ten. Uh, Zach Martin, he went at 14 last year. Uh, the best guard I've ever seen in my life. 14 or so 16. So that was pick 14. Yeah. I mean, it's the best. So now we're putting Brandon Scherf, who's not as good as Zach Martin. We're putting him in the top 10, probably all because of the Zach Martin story. It's the last Zach year. Martin effect. So I just, I, I, don't, I don't think it. I think Scherf's going to fall out of the top 10. If one team. I is, really think, by the way, that what, what we talk about of the trend is. You want to know who needs a guard more than anybody in this top 10? Look at the top 10 and tell me who needs a guard. The freaking Atlanta Falcons need offensive line help. They got a horrible. So if there's one team that goes guard, I would bet on them. But uh, I mean, they I were playing. They were playing a tight end at tackle for part of the year exactly. last year. Thank you. Um, but what's funny is I think you look at cornerbacks and how it's six feet or taller, and that's what you want now. Um, I think sometimes we like to predict trends. Oh, right. Zach Martin. Okay, well, this is it's going to be a guard centric league now. Yeah, you know, we're yeah. really going to get some guys. Right. Uh, Ten St. Louis, I think, is another wild card. Yes, it is. And I think what's crazy to me is you look. Miller has them taking Marcus Peters, which would make an already incredible defense that yes. much more ridiculous. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah has them taking Kevin White, which to me makes a lot of sense because they have a lot of small bug wide receivers right. other than Kenny Britt. Right. And how many more years are you going to get out of Kenny Britt? Yeah, not a certainly. ton. Yep. Mel Kiper. Jr. has them taking Brashad Perryman. Yep. Um, he's the only guy that has Brashad Perryman of the three in the first round. And I'm curious um, what you think of Brashad Perryman. Well, he's certainly not on a top ten pick for me. Uh, Brashad Perryman is not a first round pick for me. Uh, th- this is what makes me think Mel Kuyper knows somebody in the St. Louis Rams organization. Because, I don't know. He knows somebody at maybe he know, obviously somebody Seven through ten likes likes this Brashard Perryman kid because he threw him in his top ten out of nowhere last week. So either somebody with the he, Bears, I he has him as his ninth overall ranked right player. there. So there's somebody there, whether it's the Bears, the Falcons, St. Louis. Somebody is somebody in that organization has told them they like him. I'm going to say um, something really quick, right? And I hope I don't get in trouble, but we're going to find out. The th- scariest thing about mock drafts to me, yes. now that we've completed the, the top ten, right. and we'll get we'll do more in a, on another episode. Yeah, but I we got to talk about Brashad Perryman more, too. We are. Okay. We never hold people accountable for being completely wrong about picks. I agree. And you have said, you've tweeted, one of your first tweets ever was about Mel Kuyper Jr., and you, you brought up, what was the quarterback name? Yeah, Casey Clausen. You know, Jimmy Clausen. And what, what was your whole point on that? Well, I, you know, I was probably wrong to go after Mel because I do respect Mel. But, yeah, you know, I, I can't remember what he said last year. He said something that drove me crazy about one of his t- mock drafts. 
And I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, you know, I think he had like Johnny Manziel at pick number three. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like th- all three of those quarterbacks last year were like three out of the four first picks. And I just wanted to I, – I got mad. And I was like, he can't evaluate a quarterback anyways. He told me he'd give up his job if, if, if Clawson wasn't an NFL superstar. And then I said, waiting? Yeah. And that was one of the episodes I kind of tweeted out. I guess the, the thing is that scares me is I don't know if these guys could be talking to agents – um, That's what you got to be scared of. I don't know if these guys are talking to universities because we we all enjoy the thoughts of mock drafts because it's a fun way of figuring out who is my team going to get at that pick. And there could be a serious financial implication of the face of, of predicting drafts saying that this guy is worth this pick. My question to you would be, do, you've worked in offices. Do you believe that a mock draft on ESPN would impact any front offices in the NFL? Do you think people are reading Mel Kuyper's mock draft? I do, unfortunately. But I think there's a lot of idiots in the NFL front offices. For the reason you just brought up, which is that people know that he's connected. So what he's saying indicates other stra- like team strategies. Yes, or, do they you, might. Or, or do they want to hear his evaluation of players? No, too? that's not really it. They, they, but if you do have a clue of like, oh, I know Mel knows blah, blah, blah on this team. What is he saying? I wonder if he knows more or something. Certainly some of that can go on. But top-tier organizations are going to do their evaluations, and they are not going to give a crap about what Mel Kuyper, Chris Sims, McShay, any of them say. Rashad Perryman at 10, I just – I don't even know what to say. I really don't. I can't see it happen. First of all, if St. Louis is going to take a receiver at 10, and this is Jeff Fisher, he can handle Marcus Peters because Jeff Fisher is the best with personalities that I've ever been around. You're saying do some DGB. Or he goes – Go Doriel Green Beckham. Let's go with a guy that we know can catch and run a route instead me, of a guy that well, just ran a fast 40. How about this? Before we beat up the kid, uh, what do you like about Brashard? Well, Perryman? he's a freak athlete. I mean, when you turn on the film, the explosion off the line of scrimmage, the size, it jumps off at you right away. There's no doubt about it. The route running is below average. The hands are below average. The ability to adjust to the ball down the field is below average. The fact that he was not featured in his offense a lot of the times. What do you mean by that? He wasn't like when they came up with, let's hey, let's just get this guy the ball five yards here in the flat and let's see if he can make a guy miss. He was never the guy. They never made a play or designed a play to, hey, let's get Brashard. Yeah, like Alabama did that with They Amari just kind of left him the on time. the – exactly right. They kind of – same with Kevin White. But but Brashard, Perryman, you turn on that film, they were just like, line him up over there and just tell him to run straight every time. We'll just run – and every time and then we'll, we'll give him a slant. Run a and slant. What's incredible to me is that's the knock on Devin Smith. The knock on Devin Smith is all he did was run goes. Yes. But – but apparently, Brashad Perryman's not being knocked by. Uh, and so I, I, I don't understand it. I would not listen. He could end up being a freak. He has every. He's got a good chance to be a freak. I'm just not taking him at top ten. There's no freaking way I'm taking him at top ten. Um, it's it's uh, the, the concept of the mock draft. The fact and the that scouts. he didn't start some games for Central Florida scares me. When I turn on a film in the first three plays of the game. The number 10 pick of the NFL draft is not one of the starting three receivers for Central Florida. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's something. There's something they didn't like about him. I know I'm doing this during the show. Do you want to ask some questions that we got from Twitter? Because I know you've gotten a few over yeah, the last me, few weeks. Uh, while, let me pull it up. While you look that up, yeah. um, I, I, I want to ask you uh, in terms of running backs. How we many, did get a bunch of questions, actually. Yeah, how many running backs do you see going in the first round? Uh, uh, one, Melvin Gordon. Gurley's t- talented enough to be in the first round, but I mean, running backs are growing on trees. Why would you draft a guy that has a bum knee and has been injured twice in the last two out of the last three years? I wouldn't do it. Yeah, Gurley's a talent that up, up there as far as first-round talent, but I'm not going to do it. Like That drives me crazy when I see you know San Diego at seven taking Todd Gurley. San Diego couldn't stop anything in the run game last year. And they have running backs, not that they're superstars, but Brandon Oliver and Donald Brown are solid NFL running backs. Taking Todd Gurley at 70. Let's take a guy that might not be a, not may not be ready for week 1 because they're What about Mel Kiper has Todd Gurley going to Cleveland at 19? Uh I would think that's crazy as well. Listen, anything that's got Todd Gurley in the first round, I think is crazy. I really do. And I also think Ray Farmer's crazy anyways. All right, our boy uh, <laughs> Mike Barr at Seahawk Scout, he wants to know. He is our boy. No, you have to understand. So we have like at, we have two that are probably Sims and Lefko all-stars. Seahawk Scout and Mark Bajan. Mark Bajan and Seahawk Scout are all and, over it. And, and I love Andrew, Andrew Buscemi. 
and, oh, and, and Andrea Bichetti. Oh, Andrea, man. They are in our, our top three. Man, he, she is hot in over in Italy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> baby. All right. Uh, and let's start off with a question from Mark Bajant. What fringe team is set to make the playoffs with a stellar draft, and how do they do it? Ooh. A fringe team set to make the playoffs with a stellar draft. Well, let's just say the it? Philadelphia Eagles could be there. I mean, they could have made the playoffs last year. There's no doubt. Hold they, on. They, I'm going to pull up my, my standings and roster so I can make sure. But the Eagles, certainly. You know who's interesting to me is the, uh, the San Diego-Kansas Cities. If Denver is going to make a drop-off, whether it is because of Peyton's play or um, some of their losses they had on the defensive side of the ball, uh, whether it's Terrence Knighton, they lose their coach, John Fox, Julius Thomas. I'm I'm curious if we're finally going to see a different AFC West team win. I don't think anything changes the AFC South. Um, AFC North, they all made the playoffs, so that's not going to happen. The Buffalo Bills. Can they get reliable quarterback play to maybe get a wild card? Yeah, Buffalo is certainly a team that jumps out Because to they are one of the most talented teams in the NFL, and it's insane it when you insane. say their names. Say their names on offense. Man, uh, Percy Harvin, Sammy Watkins, Robert Wood, Marquise Goodwin, who's a freaking superstar sprinter that was out of Texas. LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy. Fred Charles, Jackson. Charles Clay. Booby Dixon. Charles Clay. Not even get the offensive line, and everybody just trust me, they're good. Defense, defense line, maybe the best in football. Yeah. Marcel Darius, Kyle Williams, Jerry Hughes, Mario Williams. The question is can who they got at quarterback be the guy to get them there? Matt Castle. Matt Castle. I don't know. I'm rooting for them. I hope so too, because I, I want Rex Ryan to just smash people. Houston's a team. I would look out for. Interesting. Now that they have Brian Hoyer there, too, I do think he's an upgrade over Fitzpatrick. He knows that offense. So that's an interesting one. Their team is ready. They're physical on both sides of the football. Are the Saints a playoff team now without Jimmy Graham and all their whole – I don't think they are. No, they scare me. They really do. You know the other team I'm going to say? Atlanta's a lot of transition. Atlanta's a lot. They're two years away. I'll tell you the team, though, that I think is going to pop into the playoff scene. St. Louis. St. Louis and the New York Giants, the two teams that I think. Giants are, scare the crap out of me. Giants are, are ready. They showed some signs at the end of the year. Year two with the new offensive coordinator. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I think they're going in the right direction. And of course, St. Louis, it's all about the quarterback, too. So if Nick Foles can just play. I feel like St. Louis and Buffalo are in somewhat similar situations Agreed. in terms of elite defenses and, and some weapons. Some freaks right, let's, get to, uh, let's get to Seahawks Scouts questions. So this is Mike Barr at Seahawks Scout, another podcast all-star. Who are the biggest bang-for-your-buck players in the draft, those with the best value in their round? And I have a prediction for what Sims is going to say. I'm going to show you on this mock draft. Okay. All right. That's a good one. That's a good one. Bang for his round. So okay. let's, let's go for the first round, the best bang-for-your-buck player in the first round. Oh, the best bang-for-your-buck player in the first round. And Lefko knows who I'm predicting you're going to say. Yeah. Well, we're just saying best. So, I mean, I, I, I kind of look at it as, as a guy, yeah. like, middle, late of the round. Middle, late round, yeah. That, that you're getting really good value when you take him. You're probably talking about Eddie Goldman. Yes. <laughs> that was exactly what I pointed out. I had actually rethink what you would think I would think. Uh, yeah, Eddie, Eddie Goldman, defensive tackle, Florida State. Love him. Can't miss prospect. That's why I'd be scared about, if I'm Chicago, if you want to take nose tackle, I don't think seven is right for Danny Shelton. Oh, I also have another really good one. Trade down because Eddie Goldman, I love Malcolm Brown, the other D tackle yes. we've talked about. You like a lot of the defensive tackles. You even like Henry Anderson. Right, and I love Eric Armstead. And our Eric Armstead. All right, so that, that's a lot of the first-round guys. That's a good one, yeah. Who, who are some guys that you think are going to go late to kind of help out the, the guy's question? Um whether it's second or third round. That All right, you well, think- guys that I like that nobody talks about, like, in the second round. Our man Owa Odigizua from UCLA. You do like him. Well, he's a man. I mean, he's a beast. He's not instinctive always. He's not going to be a top-tier pass rusher. He's never going to be the superstar on your defense where you're going to look at game or he's going to be on highlights all night on TV. No, but he's going to just be a really solid, all-around good football player. My man Preston Smith from Mississippi State yes. is second round. He's a butt whooper who can do a lot of different things on the D-line. Uh, he jumps out to me. Philip Dorsett, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Philip Dorsett, Miami, Nelson Aguilar, USC. USC. Aguilar might go at the end of the first round if all the chips fall right for him. But, man, those are two guys that are starting NFL receivers that you can get in the second round. Uh, 
I am a fan of Big Michael Bennett out in Ohio State. Uh, I like him better than a Carl Davis from Iowa, even though they're not really the same. What about type that of Florida player. State end? Mario Edwards. I love Mario Edwards. He's like a late second, early third round guy. That again, never going to be on highlights. Right. Never going to be on the stat sheet. Right. But he's going to be one of those guys. You're going to, you know, he's a, he's a Baltimore Raven. That's what I look at him. Just yeah. another big man. You get on the field and you go, holy cow! No wonder their defense is so good. These guys are just they're huge. Uh, and Edwards is a guy like he's going to start for something for ten and years. And I think you have a new favorite safety as well. Oh, I, Demarius Randall. Yes, Arizona State, the best free safety I have seen. To this point, now everybody out there has got to understand I'm only really responsible for the first two to three rounds of Bleacher Report. So I'm not Matt Miller watching guy number 352 on the draft board. I don't know how Matt does all that. I don't know either. It's amazing. Uh, So, no, I don't know that deep into the draft. But Demarius Randall, as far as the top 90, 100 guys, I have no problem saying he's the best free safety I have seen. He's the And there are really no other free safeties in this draft. No, no, but he's I mean, unless you're going to say like P.J. Williams can be a free safety. Right. To all the other things are projections. Quentin Rollins, same way. We, I've seen visual evidence of this guy, and like we always talk about, coaches are creatures of habit. Yeah. They're conservative by nature. They, they want to see, see it. it. Yes. All right. I can't tell you how many times I said, "Hey, coach, you're gonna love this guy." Blah blah blah. I mean, I really like him. And he goes, "Oh yeah." Uh, show me 40 good plays of them. And then I'm like, oh, damn, I wish I didn't open my mouth. Now i got to go make a damn tape of this guy to show him 40 freaking plays. Because they have to see he it. He has to see it. He won't take me for the word. Nope. Well, hopefully they'll start because it sounds like you know what the fuck you're talking about. I got my moments. All right. So um, let's one more question, then we'll wrap. We had no Nelson today? Oh, that's a great point. No Nelson today. We went straight mock draft today. Okay. Straight mock, straight mock, straight mock. You want uh, yeah, one more any question? Any other questions out there? Yeah. yeah we got, well, How's I our mean, man Andrew doing? I mean, he's doing good out in Italy over there? Uh, yeah, he actually he actually did tweet a question here. Yeah, let's get a Buscemi uh, question. Yeah. All right, let's see. Let's see here. All right, so Buscemi wants to I'll do to two know, more questions. Buscemi and if we have any new people. We don't have any new people. We Damn just got it. we got Buscemi, we got 007 Sports, and we got Seahawks Scouts. So right. we really need to expand the, uh, the Twitter base here. I like them. Uh, Buscemi wants to know the Raiders reportedly looking to trade the fourth overall pick up for Williams down because Cooper White is going to be there. If you were the Raiders, what would you do? Trade up for Leonard Williams or go down. Sims is going to say trade down, get value and get one of your wide receivers. I agree. I think that's just the way to go. Yes. Uh, there, are a team that can certainly, I like the direction they're going. Got a lot of young talent. But they certainly could use some depth and a few more players at some positions, accumulate a few more picks. Uh, and you trade a pick like that, number four, you're going to get some. You're going to get some high quality top, you know, four round picks uh, that can certainly change your team in a year or two. All right, we are going to break down the draft for the next few weeks. Yeah. I mean, that's what we're going to be working on. We'll here get at a guest next week. Yeah, and you know what? Let's let's figure out someone that we can talk a lot of draft with. Yeah, because I, I think it's. I'm getting excited. Draft night on Bleach Report, we're going to be doing every single pick of every single round. Uh, round one will be me, Sims, and Miller breaking down the picks. Very exciting time at Bleach Report with everything that's going on. Follow the uh, the, the Twitter. It is at Sims and Lefko. Please send us your questions and, and any comments that you have. We'll, we'll definitely get to it. And subscribe on iTunes. And if you could leave a, a rating and a review, appreciate it as well. For Adam Lefko. Christopher Sims. Peace out, homies. Peace out, homies. Josh Fendrick. Josh Fendrick, producer Josh. Uh, Have a great day. Enjoy your draft, and I hope your team doesn't pick an asshole. Good luck with that, believe.